is Marlene with Miami Ghost Chronicles, and I want to welcome you to another episode of Stories of the Supernatural. Wherever you find us, whether it's a video or podcast on your favorite platform, please like and subscribe to us so that you can get notification of when a new show is released. You can also find us on major social media platforms. If you go to MiamiGhostChronicles.com, you can find links to the videos or MP3 files, which you can download and enjoy without commercial interruptions. If you're into classic horror, ghost, and adventure stories, I narrate Nightshade Diary, and you can find links at NightshadeDiary.com. If scary stories are your bag, and listening to encounters with cryptids, ghosts, dogmen, and other weird creatures sends a shiver up your spine, then go to SupernaturalStoryTime.com for links to our weekly podcasts. Noteworthy news about the paranormal world, true crime, conspiracy stories, and anything that is just plain weird can be found at eerie.news or visit the Stranger Than Fiction Stories tab at MiamiGhostChronicles.com. Please subscribe to my newsletter on Substack. Just go to mppelliser.com for a link. I want to thank you for being part of my audience, and I think you are all wonderful. Hi, everybody. How's everybody doing? Good, I hope. I'm doing good. Everything is fantastic. As you know, (laughs) I want to address this here. Because, you know, before I used to talk about my chickens and everything in chicken world, and I said, no, nah, you know, I'm not doing that. I've got that separate channel on uh, for, for the chickens. But I'm going to mention it because, as you know, lately in the news, we've had some stories going on about the chicken feed. All right. And I want to say that it started going about a month ago and it's picked up steam. And I've listened to like different sources of people like myself who just either have a backyard flock or something bigger and then the bigger ones. And of course, the whole thing stems because to buy a dozen eggs costs you an arm and a leg. And, you know, um, I can tell you, I luckily, I since I have free range chickens, you know, that they go all over my property, I haven't run into that problem because yes, I do use the that feed in question. I'm not even going to say what the name of it is, uh, but I feed food scraps. And uh, since my chickens are free range, they forage, that kind of eases the problem. As a matter of fact, I've had a lot of eggs. And I know that a lot of the people that have noted that they've had that problem have been because they have uh, their chickens in a coop or contained in a run. As a matter of fact, this is how they realized something was going on when they started either giving them different food or like food scraps or one of their chickens got out, started eating something different. I was like, voila, here we have, we have eggs. But anyway, I wanted to mention that because I know some people sent me emails saying, Hey, are you having any problems with your eggs? The, the egg laying from your chickens. And again, about a month ago I did, but as you know, even in Northern Florida, we had a few days where it fell below freezing. And that is, that will happen with chickens, cold weather, will slow down egg production. And I was thinking, oh, it's that. But so far it's picked up. But again, I don't fall, I'm an outlier. I don't fall into that circle of people where, hey, I'm my my, uh, my poultry, they're getting fed strictly whatever feed they're giving them. So yeah, there's a skinny on that. So yeah, but and everybody's doing well on my chickens and, and things like that. And yep. So anyway, let's get on to the good part. The good part is who I have as a guest tonight here at Stories of the Supernatural. This gentleman's name is Dan Willis, and he is one of the top secret military witnesses that testified at the National Press Club in Washington, D.C. in 2001 in front of the major mainstream media of the world. 
He, uh, it was a world disclosure event prompted by those within our government with legal constitutional authority being illegally denied access. This event was asking for a con congressional hearing in order to bring forth a witness scientist within the unacknowledged special access projects in order to release the advanced technologies derived from extraterrestrial reverse engineering that have been hidden for over 70 years that could stop further damage to our planet, as well as acknowledging the extraterrestrial presence on our planet. Instead, the message was sanitized by a controlled mainstream media to the public. <laughs> Sound familiar? From his personal firsthand experiences, as well as looking into the historical indicators that have been purposely omitted from our education system that reveals an infiltration of unwarranted influences operating behind the secrecy established for our national security system. A system that is used to control the public's perception that forms our agreed upon reality. This is done in order to hide their illegal operations and why they fear disclosing the truth about the extraterrestrial reality. Dan is an ex-radio broadcast engineer and ABC newsman. He has taken a keen interest in how the mainstream media has withheld disclosure of the full message to the public, a message based on the hundreds of credible military and intelligence witness testimonies. The following article reflects on this question. Who controls the agreed upon reality through the mainstream media and why they fear disclosing the truth about the extraterrestrial reality? The answer to this question, of course, you must ultimately decide and help me welcome him. How are you doing today, Dan? Hey, Marlene. Great to be on the show. I'm good. Great. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to I'm going to interject this after reading the, the introduction to your bio and everything. I know this might sound really corny, but you know that I talked about that, um, you know, and I, I don't know if you've heard of it, this thing going on with the chicken feed. It's like it's like a storm in a teacup, but it's kind of a microcosm sometimes of what's going out in the larger world, but a bit more serious subjects where once upon a time that wouldn't have been controversial. How's that? <laughs> It would have been like, hey, what's going on? And now, I, you know, I'm listening to different sources, you know, videos, podcasts, and just people putting out, you know, regular people with chickens. And everybody's like, kind of like, man, what is going on? And it's like, man, this this is, this as far as, um, this has gotten out of hand as far as why people feel like, how can I say it, um, that they're so suspicious. How's that? even about something as ordinary as chicken feed. Well, it's just one indication of, of many, you know, it's yeah. uh, all these, uh, all these things that people used to call conspiracy theories are now becoming um, <clears throat> kind of uh, yeah. regular in the evening news these days. Yes. So um, yeah, well, I was involved in, uh, you know, testifying under oath, uh, over two decades ago uh was took me a bit to wrap my head around what we were disclosing um today it's uh it's not not so difficult to uh reveal some of the things that uh you know myself being an ex-abc newsman i you know saw the uh the place was packed with reporters and you know all the all the main uh 22 cameras of you know cnn cbs abc you know all the networks were there so you I, were yeah you you had that background already by the time you were there yeah, as far as the the the, yeah. the media in other words yeah how how could how could what we were disclosing not 
not change a world-changing event, but I didn't know what Operation Mockingbird was. I didn't realize that uh, what brought about the event was that our legal constitutional government was being denied access ever since uh, Eisenhower because mm -hmm. of uh, our history has been rewritten. Uh, we don't realize that the Nazis had fully infiltrated. There was a surrender back in 1955. Every president, CIA director has been denied access to these illegal, unacknowledged special access programs. And um, that's what brought about uh, the head of intelligence for the Joint Chiefs of Staff, Vice Admiral Thomas Wilson. He was denied access to these. And he told Dr. Greer, if you can get your people together, I was one of 21 witnesses that you see here in the background. Uh, mm -hmm. We were backed by hundreds of military intelligence witnesses, uh, all willing to testify under oath, but they control the media. And so yes. talking about that we have a solution to get off of nuclear oil and coal, zero point energy, we have faster than light craft bases on the other side of the moon. Um, you know, just all this explosive testimony, uh, they figured out how to do what's called a limited hangout to make it sound like, uh, uh, you know, they want to have a congressional hearing on the reality of UFOs. So they uh, effectively kept it from the mainstream media's audience awareness. Um, and, you know, nothing new these days, right? Well... <laughs> And I want to say also, and, and I think it's become very obvious, unfortunately, where there's no, you know, you always hear about the, the stores being broken by some investigative journalist, you know, that there it is. And it's like almost that type of journalism has gone by the wayside. Okay. Or if anything is broken, it's not really, when you look at it, not controversial when you have all these things. And it's like, were these just the kind of journalists that were being hired or were some of them thinking, you know what? If I go after this story, I'm going to find myself unemployed or worse. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, I guess just some decided like, nah, I need to pay my mortgage or something. I, I mean, I'm just, that's that's the only thing I can think of why so many, um, but journalism has gone, the road has gone down. The uh, ones that do the narrative and support the agenda, they, they have a nice fat yearly oh, salary. Yeah. <laughs> sure, I'm sure. The ones I'm sure. that don't uh, get on the uh, unemployment line. Well, I'm thinking at some point, I'm thinking these people don't even get hired to begin with. I think that when they go in for an interview, they're told by the HR or hiring or whoever does it, this is what we're looking for. If you see this type oh, of person sure. walk in, uh, don't even bother. Even if you think, just if you recognize the potential is there where this person might say, hey, that's not what's really, forget it. That other one might be mediocre, but if they're on board, okay, go with that one. And sometimes I think that that's why it's so pervasive. And it's centrally controlled. You know, they, yeah. uh, you know, besides the uh, 1950 Operation Mockingbird, where the CIA had 400 journalists they were paying, uh, and then 1954, they started the Bilderberg meetings along with the Council of Foreign Relations that control the six corporations that control, you know, 90 some percent of what the public uh <laughs> the public perceive well, right the perception exactly the perception and i think i sometimes i look back at that and i wonder is it a question of being and i'm talking collectively let's say americans i mean even though i think other 
parts of the world, but let's talk America. It's a, what, a combination of being naive, lazy, um, trusting, um, where we well, just didn't it, realize something like that on that scope could be taking place. It's, it, it's not, not the public's fault. It, it, they're very clever. They do in generational indoctrination. Like when you were yes. a child, um, you know, uh, I'm, I'm in my 70s. So my father used to uh, watch Walter Cronkite yeah. and I'd watch it with him. And, and you know, there's no reason to suspect anything. You would just imagine, hey, these are journalists and they're checking and everybody's checking each other yeah. and they're uh, honest and nothing would be able to get out that's not being double checked and yeah. and so you can just naturally take that into adulthood and yes. you don't question uh until you start seeing uh, some major glitches happening i think also the advent of the internet as far as other sources being able to reach somebody okay um I think that's that's also how helped with traction as far as getting these stories out where people are actually taking notice going wait a minute um that's that's right you know <laughs> in other words before you know you may it might have had a couple of people that they're like oh yeah no they're kind of kooky you know that kind of deal like let's humor them but let's not take these people seriously yeah, when they're yeah, talking about yeah. whatever the case might be the giggle factor yeah all that yeah, yeah. exactly i'm I'm, and I'm gonna ask you something real quick because lately I've seen a lot of coverage on this. Do you think that what happened with President Kennedy back in the 60s of this assassination had anything to do with any of this as far as whether it was a UFO or because I've, I've heard it. Now, again, you don't know how much is was because part of it was that he was planning to disclose on what we knew about UFOs or extraterrestrials? Well, in Dallas, working with James Jesus Angleton, they were, uh, they were attempting to destroy all these documents, and one of them got pulled out of the uh, fire. It was called the Burn Memo, which was, mm-hmm. uh, Alan Dulles was uh, an MJ-12. He was MJ-1. He was the head of the MJ-12. Originally, Truman set up the original MJ-12 group back in 1947, but during Eisenhower administration, uh, there was a, a loss of control into the corporations as Eisenhower tried to warn in, on television. And what happened was Alan Dulles set up an assassination directive against Kennedy. Um, and this was, Kennedy put a top secret memo uh, to the CIA director to release the UFO files. Ten days later, he was assassinated. Okay, that answers that question. And and then yeah, the Warren Commission, of all things, is all made up of thirty third degree Freemasons that right. uh, you know said it was a lone gunman, you know, with a bullet. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, that the everything. Yeah, the the they, they they had set everything up. If you look at now, in hindsight, everything that surrounded it before, you could tell that this was something that was orchestrated totally, totally. You know, from the person from Oswald to everybody surrounding that whole thing, um, it was an orchestrated move. And again, I think back then the Amer- American people were like, besides the the heartbreak of having the <laughs> the president assassinated, I think it would most people wouldn't have been able to like actually believe that this was that this was so how can I say manipulated. Uh, I mean, oh. like you know how when you go down the rabbit hole, how far down does that rabbit hole go? Oh, and then the CIA puts out a uh, dispatch to all its operatives to call anybody that's questioning the Warren Commission findings as a 
conspiracy theorists. That's how, yes. how, how that term started. And they still use it today. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. very, very popular. And uh, they even lied to their own agents and said that Lee Harvey Oswald wasn't involved with the intelligence agencies, but, but he was. He was. <laughs> so they've right. been lying to their own agents. It was right. And, and because I'm thinking to myself, I, th I think you had to be really up the food chain to really, really know what's going on. But if you were, you know, otherwise, I don't think they could have gotten that, that many people. But you were told if, let's say, if you were an FBI agent or whoever, and you were being told, you know, you would tend to believe your, whatever, your superior and take him out of his word. You're not going to be there saying, hey, well, you know, question them. Again, because everybody then was still a product of their upbringing. And I, and I understood, let me, when we had that Operation Paperclip, obviously after World War II, that, you know, that we brought over these German scientists to work, you know, and apparently they had impressive discoveries. But there was already stuff going on here within our government already, as far as the banking system, right? Well, yeah, they, they had, you know, Nazi sympathizers. Uh, they wouldn't have been able to do this without their sympathizers within okay. the U.S. that they were working with. Um, okay. Like, for example, um, Alan Dulles, who was infamous for the Nazi infiltration, uh, right. was working with General Reinhard Gellin, who was head of Nazi intelligence, which they did a bargain to bring in the Soviet intelligence uh, that they had hidden away in the Bavarian mountains because Truman was afraid of uh, the Soviets being a threat. And so right. they brought that intelligence in in exchange for bringing in 3,000 Nazi spies into the CIA. Wow. Um, and then, you know, everyone's, he, NASA, the, Nazi Germany had figured out the torsion physics of anti-gravity uh, going back to 1934. Um, and so, um, the, the whole thing with NASA being run by former Nazi SS officers, right. you know, keeping us believing that rocket propulsion is the only way to overcome Earth's gravity when they knew full well, you know, as, uh, Professor Hermann Oberth, uh, Werner von Braun's mentor said, you know, we had help from people from other worlds. They had entered into, uh, an agreement, an alliance with the uh, Draco reptilians down in Antarctica. And, you know, when I started researching this stuff, you know, I didn't mm -hmm. know anything about all this stuff. All that sounds like right. wild, crazy science right. fiction stuff, you know, until some media company out of Hollywood wanted me to write an article on why, uh, you know, uh, who controls the agreed upon reality through the mainstream media and why they fear mm -hmm. disclosing the truth about the extraterrestrial reality. Because when I heard what the other witnesses were disclosing and how the media covered it, I gladly accept it. And for the last couple of decades, I've been researching, you know, based on witness testimony, authenticated documents, and, you know, starting to put the history that we were never taught in school together exactly. which sounds like the most incredible science fiction movie you could imagine um yes you know lately i've been um you know taking it to another level um i i i did a show with uh, uh my french friend elena denan and you've probably heard of her mm -hmm. um she's uh She's a contactee with the Galactic Federation of Worlds, and okay. uh, we've been um, 
exchanging quite a bit. In fact, uh, it's interesting. In the 1980s, I, uh, due to an experience in around 1977, I had an ET interaction experience of a being that gave me a, a download of geometry okay. <laughs> and consciousness and what the matrix okay. was all about. It was like totally, uh, totally new. It put a burning desire to try to understand what was going on. And so I um, sought out uh, IBM's head scientist, Dr. Marcel Vogel, and I helped him with a laboratory setting up. And he was uh, quantifying, working with about two dozen medical doctors, working with cut quartz crystals in order to okay. alleviate, yes. uh, you know, diseases and things. And mm -hmm. so um, it turns out that her contact, uh, Thorhan Uredion, his her his younger brother is actually going to a university in the Pleiades that okay. is learning how to terraform planets and has advanced knowledge on crystals. So ever since of April of last year, we've been doing a dialogue back and forth and asking okay. questions and uh, incredible uh, corroboration with the research work of Dr. Marcel Vogel. Um, okay. And what what's kind of cool is that... Um, the uh, regressive extraterrestrials, the ones that were entered into agreement, uh, basically Eisenhower, uh, behind his back, MJ-12 entered into agreement because they wanted this technology from the Nibu Greys. And, okay. um, and so these regressive extraterrestrials back in 2021 have all been purged out of our solar system. So now we only have the Earth minions now to deal with and they have the um intergalactic confederation has entered into our solar system and uh you know it just sounds like crazy amazing no you know stuff. what once you know <laughs> uh, no you know what you, you think of it you remember back in and of course there was a product of the cold war the 1960s the flying saucers and everything oh and right even, for sure. some earlier writers you know you it, and it always seemed and then you, as time goes by, you're thinking, well, either these people knew something or were they channeling or were some of these ideas in these stories of supposedly fiction, you know, had a basis in truth. And we're finding it even now more so with other stories as far as um, that people are going, man, I thought this was purely fiction. And it turns out it's closer to reality than we thought. Right, right. <laughs> in fact, the, the, the science fiction kind of falls short. <laughs> yeah, the yeah, real exactly. reality is. And that's exactly. what that's how it keeps its own best secrecy because sure. we've been falsely indoctrinated for so many right. decades. It's like a hidden in plain sight kind of deal. Yeah, uh, somewhat. Um, so yeah, we have a we have a whole lot of relearning to do, a lot of unlearning to do, and a lot of relearning to do. So, do you uh, think then that our history, from what you're describing, there's more than one type of extraterrestrial? All right, um, and they, I guess they have, I don't, for lack of a better word, they just have different. I don't want to say a moral compass, but different agenda or different aim, and. Some are, I guess, more on our side versus others that are like, uh, like here on word. Earth. They, you know, they figured it was about four percent on the 
planet is about or psychopaths, right? Right, exactly. <laughs> it's yeah. about the same same ratio out there. About ninety five percent of them are benevolent or benign. Right. Uh, but there are you know some regressive ones that are dangerous, you know. But yes. they have been purged out of. Fortunately, the more advanced ones have higher levels of technology. Um, okay. And so um, when uh, I you know, testified back in May of 2001, uh, one of the witnesses, uh, Clifford Stone, uh, revealed that back in 1989, they had already categorized 57 different extraterrestrial species. Of course, there's hundreds of them. You know, there's way more than that. Um, right. So, um, yeah, and, you know, they look like us. Uh, some of them right, and that's always been one of the questions. Do they look like us? Or do we look like them, you know, as in, were they tweaking with our genetics or are they totally, you know, you've heard of, you know, we've heard of like the reptiles type looking, which are really not, don't, I mean, they're not looking as, as far as humans. And then you get the grays, which you always say here, they might be biomechanical. We, there's so many different versions of the types. Right, um, right. Some of them look a lot better than us. <laughs> you know? Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> and they, they live for, you know, 900, 1,000. Some live for thousands and thousands of years. You know, they they have figured out how to regenerate themselves. Unlike, we've been uh, tampered with <laughs> our okay. genetics. And uh, from what I understand, the medbed technologies that are being, yes. you know, constructed on the other side of the moon, uh, they have the ones who initially messed with our genetics to cause us, you know, I mean, it's like, what is it, less than 80 years and we expire, you know, in these bodies. Yes. Um, they have given the code back that was before we were tampered with that it's going to right. be incorporated into these holographic medical beds uh, that. Uh, I actually had some experience with the technology when I worked with Dr. Marcel Vogel. We really? were working on a, uh, a camera that could holographically project and capture on film and be able to tune forwards and backwards in time. And it seems that the holographic field has the element of time in it, where, okay. let's say, you had your leg chopped off, for, for example. Mm -hmm. um, they can go back in time just before your leg was chopped off okay. and holographically repair, re, it repairs the, wow. uh, and, and, and it's like, you know, like magic. It's like your, your limb is restored. Um, okay. And of course you're not going to reject it because it's your limb. What was that? No, you wouldn't, and your body will not reject it because it's your body. It's oh, your organism. Oh, yeah, it's the it's the optimal part of you. So yes, you, exactly. They go in and, and can find when your body was optimal, um, right? And that's how they, you know, the uh, because of the intervention which of the reptilians working with the Nazi alliance, it violated mm -hmm. the prime directive of non-interference. And so okay. it gave permission to the Galactic Federation of Worlds to work with the U.S. Navy secretly, had their own program going, which launched back in the 1980s called Solar Warden. Uh, this event okay. back here inspired a hacker, which you're familiar with, Gary McKinnon, who found the Solar Warden program in the NASA computers. Um, they basically can recruit people, as you're 
are no doubt aware that yes. for a 20-year tour of duty in space, then time and age regress them back to the point of enlistment, erase their memory as though nothing ever happened. Uh, but many of them are starting to have wow. total recall, of which I'm, so I'm friends with a number of them, <laughs> you know. Wow. And, uh, and it's... Uh, it, it, it's 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 incredible what the um, what the is public that the reason why we've okay we've never gone back to the moon and, and and you know and you hear about it and it's really funny because the first time I heard about this about us not returning to the moon I said oh my god that's right Something we have to return to the moon huh? <laughs> you know yeah is well, that it you know William Tompkins was working with TRW which they saw the live feed and saw the huge. Huge. I mean, it made the lunar module look like a speck. The huge right. uh, reptilian craft that was lined up along the far crater of the moon. And we were warned off the moon. That's why we didn't go back. Right. It's like all this effort, the race to the moon, you know, that you remember when everything and we had to get race against the Soviets and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, we get that was the first man on the moon and blah, And then all of a sudden I was like, whoop. You know, we, you know, we did go to the moon, but some footage was uh, substituted because they couldn't show what was actually happening. Right. And there. then, yeah, of course, you always have the ones that know we never did go and then others. But then whether you always think, well, why all of a sudden after all that effort and all that discovery and, you know, yay, you know, you see all these people in the tech. The yay, we, <laughs> then it just it, all of a sudden it's like, OK, we got there. That's it. We don't need to go back. It's like, why not? But then you see them. They've built that space station. You know, the one that that they go out there and, they, you know, they're trying to do all these experiments for how long, what happens with, you know, the loss of gravity on the, the human body Space and all Station. that. Uh-huh. And it always makes you think, well, they're doing that. Why wouldn't they do something on the moon of all places? Yeah, instead of a space station. So. Well, it turns out we, <laughs> we have operations on the moon. Right. And this is, and I think this is, how's, how's this? I think we're so distracted by life, whatever it is, that the thought of that is mind-boggling. And I think a lot of people, when they start thinking about it, just shut down and go, nah, I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to think that, that that's that big a, uh, you know, a lie because that's not, that's the only way to, what it is. As far as what's, and you referred to it, and of course, the matrix appearance of things, which is, you know, what people live their daily lives around thinking is the reality is that there is an another level or levels beyond that of what's really going on and how we kind of have been shepherded this way or that by God, the media, uh, the movie industry, the government, you name it. And we're like, you know, going along with the program. And I think maybe there's been people waking up along the way, but I want to say in the last few years is when people are really starting to really pay attention to that probability of how massive it is. Oh, yeah. In 1944, um, documents show that there was a, the Nazis had a plan called Weltanschauungskrieg. <laughs> That's okay. the pronunciation. meant worldview warfare. They planned to infiltrate into the United States, control the media, control Hollywood, control our education. And they did. <laughs> you okay. know, they rewrote the history of World War II by the Rockefeller Foundation, 1946. Um, they, you know, Mockingbird for the media, Hollywood, uh, you know, uh, Project Dove, uh, you know, they did. They created a matrix of perception, and we've been living in kind of like a Truman Show kind of reality yeah. while they have advanced technology, uh, while we're 
led to believe that uh, we need to use these primitive, dangerous, polluting, obsolete technologies of nuclear oil and coal. We're still running gasoline engines that right. uh, we need rocket propulsion in order to overcome gravity. Right. You know, all this, uh, all this has been a, uh, we've been born into this matrix of perception. Yes. And, uh, and, you know, for some people, it's going to be a huge shock because they have completely bought into it. They, they watch television and, the, and the, you know, they spend billions of dollars into think tanks, engineering our perceptions and yes. they gain our consent toward the agenda, which is against the people of the planet. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, it's a big giant but, psyop and we just don't, yeah, right in the middle of it. it Indeed. Is, it is. Now, let me ask you, and I want to ask you something real quick, because it seems that you're really knowledgeable. And this is the part that sometimes I thought, you know, after World War One, Germany was spanked, you know, supposedly, and their economy was like trashed, is from what I understand. Right. All right. How did they go from the aftermath of World War One to where they were when they started to wage war, you know, across Europe, even before the United States became involved in World War Two? Was it because of extraterrestrial help? How, how did that happen? Where did you? Where did they go from being losers in a, the Great War to where they were within a few years? I'm not the best historian on that, but I know right. they made a huge amount of submarines that almost seemed humanly impossible. Right, right. What they were were doing, and uh, Germany, uh, they. Uh, got their own financial system and uh, uh -huh. and Churchill said you know we we've got to fight against the strength of the German people you know because they right they right right because so uh, so strong and then um, yeah uh, and it, they it's, didn't it really almost need... seems like um, a, a starving Germany all of a sudden the next thing you know they're rolling around they're rolling tanks down the streets of the Arc de Triomphe in France like hey you know, I know fast forwarding, there was other things, but it almost, when you look at it, it almost seems like something's like, okay, somebody's got to be helping them along, you know, as far as like, yeah, I'm, I'm glad you have a lot of smart scientists, but wow. <laughs> you know. And um, you know, they didn't really have to win World War II. You know, if, if yeah. you realize that they had this advanced anti-gravitic technology. And that. You know, Admiral Byrd by, sent down by James Forrestal, who they murdered, you know, in mm -hmm. 1949 uh, because he wanted to, the public to know about this, uh, you know, Boy. completely wiped out all their aircraft uh, down okay. in Operation High Jump going to attack the Nazi base. So apparently they had the technology, but they didn't need to. They had infiltrated from within. Right. And so what they did was they kept America technologically suppressed. I really? had 10 years experience after uh, we were seeking a congressional hearing to bring forth mm -hmm. the scientists within these black projects that could prove we had, you know, anti-gravity, zero point energy and, and so forth, right. uh, which was denied by the Bush administration. Um Afterward, I volunteered uh, Dr. Greer, who who set up this uh, this arrangement on the uh, National Press Club back in 2001. He set up a corporation to look at civilian inventors. So for 10 years, 
Okay. One nightmare after another of, uh, <laughs> sorry about that. that. Is, <laughs> <that's>... <laughs> uh, security system. Okay. Um, so, um, you know, for 10 years, uh, it just national security, what they, they did was they set up the Invention Secrecy Act 1951. And so anybody that's got anti-gravity, free energy, or anything that breaks the status quo, they not automatically get one of these security orders that says your invention has been deemed to be a detriment to the national security of the United States. You cannot share it with anyone. And thousands and thousands of these inventions that could help uh, our country uh, and the world uh, have been suppressed that way. And so we've been uh, technologically, uh, you know, retarded while they, uh, with some of the most advanced minds and unlimited finances and off-planet resources and anti-gravity mm -hmm. and and alliances with extraterrestrials that are thousands of years in advance that you can imagine what okay. kind of technologies could be you know so many decades ahead of what we're aware of do you th what is what do you think or or do you know what their ultimate aim is i mean is it total I mean, I know this sounds like a, a, a thing from a James Bond, total world domination. I mean, it's like, where do you go from there? I mean, so many possibilities exist within, um, you know, or well, are we talking extinction type event? I, I don't want to. Well, you know, the uh, <laughs> if you look into some of these documents, you know, the, the Vatican is tied in with it, you know, yes. with the government and you yes. have the secret societies, 33rd degree Freemasons. You look at all, you know, presidents, yes. CIA directors and media and all high level, uh, you know, skull and bones, Knights of Malta and these secret societies and everything work together uh, to a um, to a central agenda that the global elite, for lack of a better term, right. uh, they basically want to enslave mankind rather than liberate okay. them and uh, eliminate 90% of the population and, and the rest would be a slave force that would uh, support them. That's right. their uh, vision for, for the future of the world. Uh, the last thing they want is, you know, you doing shows like this and exposing oh, this kind of information. Of course, of course. everybody talks about the exposure. <laughs> of course, every every person that watches it, that it just that that their mind, you know, just kind of especially the ones that their mind is like real puckered and closed, you know, that if it just opens a little bit and they start to question and wonder about certain things. All um, I can say is, you know, you have to research. You won't find it on. Uh, you won't find it on the evening news. No, uh, the books no. have all been um, sanitized, most of them. There is in good information out there, but you have to sort through. There's a lot of yes. disinformation out there to, no. to create confusion. There's uh, people who are coming out as witnesses yes. that are perfect, you know, intelligence plants that uh, want they, their counter disclosure assets that basically. Uh, muddy the waters yeah and so um so discreditable uh you know like say the earth is flat and so forth you yeah, know yeah that was the uh, one that i was like no no yeah 
But, yeah. you know, I, I understand exactly what you mean. It's like, let's try to uh, put everybody under that tinfoil cuckoo, you know, kind of like identification or we'll label them because Baseless of stuff like that. conspiracy theories. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, yeah well, let me, let me the make them look as hot as possible. to it whatsoever, yeah. Yes. And that's a shame because it's like, hello? <laughs> no. You know, not everybody. Um, and to me, I look at it as sometimes I feel, and I know this is like maybe a little bit dramatic, but sometimes it almost feels like we're, you know, at the edge of the precipice. Oh, and we're, yeah, most, we are most definitely, that's a very good definition of where we are right now. Yeah. And it's like, and, and we're like, and some of us are going, oh my God, you know, and there's others that are, huh, you know, and, and it's scary because unfortunately, as much as you have a lot of people that are aware or at least questioning, I think that th th there needs to be more of a, of a, an extensive amount. You know, when you, you need to reach critical mass. Yeah. We okay. need to help the others, you know, the, right. the, the, the normies, I guess what you'd call yeah, them, the, the normies. Who, exactly. Who, um, you know, watch CNN and MSNBC, read, yes. read New York Times, and you know, although yes. I, I have nothing but credible information sources, you know, that yes. I refer to. They, I mean, right. this stuff sounds like it, and it's very well psychologically laid out to weaponize the uh, counter beliefs so that people that are saying things that are counter, they they paint it as, oh, this is you know far right wing uh, yeah, or they're, 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 Nazi they're, or uh, yeah, label, they're, they're a label threat whatever. or something like that. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, it, it, and it's, yeah, I've, I've heard of the, of the adjectives and the descriptors that they use. And it's like, the, I know that they're, the words are picked precisely for, for if not what they say, what they infer, <laughs> you know, to somebody that's listening to it. And yeah, I could see, and, and there's a lot of people that this is, and this is just a personality type also. And, and I know there's going to be some people that no matter short of, like I tell them the mothership landing on the lawn of the white house, exactly. they're not going to believe it because they're the type of personality that this is their world's, you know, very tight and controlled. And it's very hard for them to, if you move them out of that, they're like, they go into a panic attack. Okay. Let's take them out of the equation. Hey, not everybody, but there's still, I think a lot of people out there that, with more information, they will at least begin to question and wonder, wait a minute, this doesn't sound right. Or that source, that's not, uh, you know what? And it's an uncomfortable situation. It really, really is. And we, unfortunately, we're tied into our comfort, you know, our lifestyles as Americans, you know, that, you know, we binge on the latest show. Truth and, is you know. very uncomfortable. Oh, you, no. Yeah, you, it totally will pull you out of your comfort Yo, zone. Yo, you but, want me to tell you what's more uncomfortable than truth? And I'm going to say this as an as somebody that used to be a hypnotherapist. I'm not practicing anymore. Change. Change is scarier than truth. But what precipitates the change is knowledge of the truth. And okay. and make make no mistake about it that what you don't know can hurt you like say following medical advice on the television for example you know yes. uh yes. any many different uh many different things if you, you cannot transform the situation if you're ignorant of it of course well and, and i'm going to give people a perfect example you remember when they started coming out with ebooks right you know but the kindle readers and all these formats 
and and the and the reason why I say this is I've always been a book. I've always had books, like real, like printed books, all my life, and I had a really hard time uh, reading on, you know, Kindle or readers or anything of that nature. I know there's different versions, but I didn't think beyond it. And then later on, at some point, I realized, you know what? If they get rid of all the printed books, they can control what gets published or consumed, whether it's fiction or nonfiction. Or they can alter, they can go in there into whatever the manuscript was and alter it or change it. And I was like, man, that's scary. And originally, I never thought of it that way. It was just, oh, it's a format that where you can download a manuscript, a book, and read it instantly. And then it's like, man, I, and it's an uncomfortable thought because it's like, man, I'm really getting suspicious. I'm, am I, you know, am I seeing stuff where there isn't any? But unfortunately, that's where it takes you. Where is like, well, you know, as far as the way we take in information. Yeah, if everything was completely digital and you had no paper records whatsoever. Yes, exactly. You know, bank account or anything. Nothing. You know, like just, you know, <laughs> they could. Right, right. And, and, and like I said, I think most, I consider myself quasi-normie. <laughs> I never looked at it initially as beyond like, oh, that's okay. Well, save the planet. You know, you don't use the paper to print the book. So, okay. That's but good for the mind, We were all normies. We were all <laughs> normies until something something grabbed our attention that didn't seem quite right and we followed that rabbit down the hole yeah. and found uh oh my god one after one oh my god after another yeah um and you know i say to people look at the history yes. the history that you were not taught in school look at mm -hmm. the authenticated documents look at all the witness testimonies over the decades you know i on the webmatrix.net i it's not a professional site just my online notes i went from right. 1900 to present day right plugging in all these that was the only way when the media company wanted me to write an article that was the only way for me to try to yes, understand this. as a matter of fact i was looking at that that is that is incredible dan what you've done i saw that how you went ahead and you and you were uh, like you did you did that timeline with the uh, I think it was what you started with the 1900s. Yeah, I started the year 1900 with Tesla. Let me see if I can get it. <laughs> and uh, went to present day and every uh -huh. event, every document, every witness, and after a while, I mean, I mean incredible people, you know, that are you know admirals and captains and you know people in in high positions. And, and and otherwise too, uh, it, it, all this over time, uh, you can't make this stuff up, right? And this is the thing that um, that I think sometimes gets too overwhelming. Now, let me ask you: You mentioned that in the 1970s you had extraterrestrial contact, okay? Yes. What was this something that? that happened out of the blue was there a triggering event or was there how did that happen how did that come about and how did it affect you afterwards i shared it with elena denan and she said it was mm -hmm. emethor which is part of the council of five is extraterrestrial beings that are benevolent that okay you know give science and things and it was like a, a kundalini opening experience where okay. i could see the being and i could an incredible love coming out of its eyes and everything and okay. I projected a sphere in space and as i observed one 
looks like a star tetrahedron and another one formed into that one another geometry and went into infinity and then turned back into the sphere and then i knew nothing about platonic solids and sacred geometry at the time and i started okay. grabbing every book i could it was like a burning passion to understand like, oh my god that's just like the being said and then as i researched over the decades scientifically i find uh uh so much matches in fact a meeting i had in uh 2001 uh with a bunch of scientists dr burr set up uh, nasim harriman who's a theoretical physicist i shared with him the experience he had because he had um uh, working on the tetrahedral fractal geometry of the matrix and right. i shared him the experience and he says yes that's it that's exactly it that's the structure of it you know so um and you know i was researching uh Elena as well on her information and uh, like three things, for example, that you can't make up. She right. said before NASA even knew about it, that there's three planets in Proxima Centauri before NASA discovered it, that there's this huge earthquake on Mars before NASA was able to uh, identify it. Um, and then uh, that Neptune next week is going to be something unusual is going to happen this is thorhan her contacts telling her this okay. uh, and then lo and behold uh, neptune starts heating up like crazy because the intergalactic confederation fleet their dna is resonating their space arcs all throughout our solar system uh -huh. that are the, these uh spaceships that have uh like archives of knowledge and they're buried okay. ones under lake vostok uh vostok uh in antarctica okay. uh, ones up in ukraine the ones in the atlantic ocean i mean they're all over the place um Dr. this is Michael why Salas, supposedly there's something in the antarctic that they say that that they're not sure what's at the antarctic and antarctica i mean is it that or is it is that there's a base up there? No, it's it, that's why it's heating up. It's like 70 degrees warmer than normal. Right. And that's what's happening on Neptune is that uh, it's, it started glowing and is becoming way hotter down where the space arc is on Neptune. And so, you know, these things, you can't make this stuff up. You know, so okay. it's a, a lot of credibility uh, to, you know, the other people who were claiming... Uh, they have, you know, contact and everything. In order to come mm -hmm. up with evidence, they, uh, I haven't, I haven't, haven't seen it. So I've been closely, uh, closely uh, following what she's been, and Alex Collier as well uh, has a lot of uh, really valuable, accurate information. And so, um, after that uh, contact, have you been re been recontacted? Do you? Or was that a one-time event for you? Oh, that was a one-time. It was 1977. It's been crickets okay. you know, since then. Okay, okay. Um, in fact, I had a number of experiences. A ship coming down uh, out in the mountains, and I said, is somebody okay. out there? And the ship is coming down. And then I had a on board a craft where they put me through a vortex experience. And I... Anyway, it goes into long detail. I don't have... But how did... Time. Let me ask you, how did you feel when that was going? And then the reason why I ask is that you have people that go from, it was, uh, you know, terrified to a, I, it was great. How did you feel when you had those experiences? You know, I just want to say my notes on all that is at marcelvogel.org. Okay. Um, I, um, I, uh, 
I was fascinated. Okay, <laughs> you know? okay. See, that's what I'm, that's what I'm I was asking. Fascinated. Me. You know, it was like uh, I, I, I just have a have a mind that wants to learn more. Okay, so it wasn't, and because you, you know, you have like a, an array of, you know, feedback from people that either have been contactees or abductees or whatever, that it goes from fear to, or like what you're saying, fascination, and 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 I don't know if it's because who they became in contact with, we're talking different sets where one makes you feel, feel fearful versus the other. Oh one yeah. Type yeah. Is... If you get abducted by the, by the Nibu gray, like uh, Elena was when she was like nine years old, it was a horrific, horrific, uh, fearful experience, but she was rescued, you know, by the galactic Federation of worlds. Um, yeah. Yeah. Some people have horrible, experience and reptilians right. <laughs> it's not the nicest thing to, right. to run into either so but uh a lot of people have uh uplifting spiritual experiences whereas yes. like one their they changes their life forever that once they in the energy field of one of these beings so you know it, it's a mix it depends on what what do you have any feedback or anything about what they're doing it with a CERN collider? I know they started it up not too long ago. I think during the summer of last year. I don't um, have any. Uh, I don't have any um, inside intel. You know, that. the reason why I ask is that I get the feeling that a lot of people are like, you know, when you you're trying to do something but you really don't know what the result might be, as in. You know, because sometimes when the outcome is not certain, but at least, you know, none of the outcomes are dangerous to humankind. But I think some people feel like what they're tampering with. And then I'm thinking, is there some type of extraterrestrial uh, handiwork in there? Or is this just some mad scientist doing something with physics or trying to prove stuff just to see where it'll go? I don't know. Their ceremonies look kind of dark. Oh, boy. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I've looked at that. You know, it's really It's You know, when you read... Oh, they're doing these ceremonies for the openings. But then when you actually watch them, you're like, what in the world is that? <laughs> what in the world is that? That is like, wait a minute. Okay, there's no other way to interpret it. You can be the most open-minded person. And and you're like, okay, that, that's very dark or very like sinister or God, that's that slant is like, yeah. You have to keep in mind, whatever happens on this planet is not, we're, we're not isolated. Everything is interconnected. Through right. the whole galaxy, yes. and and beyond. Um, so, no, it's, it, it's they it, have it, people upstairs that are kind of monitoring some of the stuff. Well, and that's another question. It makes you think. Okay, how much of them are they going? You know, exactly like what you said. The prime directive. Let's go to Star Trek. You know, like hang back and let them work it out. Like how much? Obviously, there's some that have not done that. And then you're thinking, are there others that are like, okay, we're just going to hang out and watch and see what happens and let them see, see how they work it out, how much they have the initiative or the ingenuity or whatever to resolve the problems that they have in their world, you know, whatever, whatever, wherever the source might be. But then you think about, well, if you've got extraterrestrial causing problems and us, maybe like you said, with not the technology sufficient to overcome the problems that have been created, it's like kind of an uneven you know, reality, because, you know, it's, it's, if, it's almost like if one side has a secret weapon while the other side is like, we're like, oh, well, all we've got is our brains and that's about it. Well, I know there's, there's, there's 
beings that would like to see the liberation of, of our okay. planet. And, uh, and there is beings that want to see the enslavement of our planet. I know that. I, Unfortunately, I, I... we have uh, a lot of friends. And uh, right. thing, indications are that, although <laughs> you wouldn't know by watching the evening news, uh, but, yes. you know, this, this also all these uh, things that are getting exposed Yes. Is a good thing, you know, because sure. it's waking up, uh, you know, the so-called normies. Uh, I don't mean that as a derogatory term. It just, no, I'm the contrary. The, uh, it's the state of mind before you become aware of what is actually going on and how your perceptions have been manipulated since birth. Uh, yes. And uh, it, it's it's really all of our jobs, you know, to, to help. Yes. bring out the facts and evidence and help these people in this is it's going to be a stretch for a lot of people uh what yes. the, what the real reality that's been hidden for so many decades of course of course and um i think that um it, how can i and i know everybody's different i'm the kind of person that i'd rather deal with the truth as unpleasant as it is oh yeah any day versus you know I don't care how that, bad it that is. Ignorance is bliss kind of thing. <laughs> and then, you know, I hear like, I don't know if you've heard that now, you know, of course, you know, they've done a lot of, we have the ability of as far as genome editing and the CRISPR and all this stuff. And then I hear, you know, they're thinking of trying to bring back these so-called um, species that were driven to extinction, like the dodo bird and the Tasmanian tiger and, and, and all of this. And I'm thinking, man, you know, at the beginning, that sounds like really altruistic. But to me, I've seen that door opening and then it goes down a very dark path with a uh, genome, uh, you know, like almost like the Jurassic Park kind of thing that seems so oh, far fetched. Our, our ancient past is lots of that going on. And with that knowledge of, you know, genetically you know, creating monsters, you know, so to speak. Out yes, of yes. Different things. And so... Well, yeah, the but... reason why I asked you that is that, you know, when you were saying that thing about that, what they really want is ultimately to have X amount of uh, population. And I'm thinking to myself, I could see where, uh, you yeah, know, my green uh, screen disappeared. <laughs> yeah, it, it bugged out on you um, where it um, basically they, in other words, the, the, the ones that are left behind there, there's a, a, how can I tell you? There's there's editing of the genome so that they you produce certain types of humans, you know. Yeah, well, in this, you know, the secret space programs and the Nazis with the alliances that they had with the extraterrestrials, they've been doing that, you know, super soldier programs so that they, you know, optimize, you know, yes. for uh, soldiers to be, you know, super strong and fast and everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they they they've been doing that for. For a long time behind the scenes. Do you think that's also and 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 I I've and this is another thing I think that sometimes there's so many labs that can be, you know, laboratories that can be set up in other parts of the world or anywhere, you know, with little or no oversight. As in, you shouldn't be doing that, whether it's cloning or whatever. Um, that and underground facilities, you know, yeah, it, yeah, back wherever. in nineteen. 
40, uh, 46, they brought over in paperclip. Xavier Dorsch was a mastermind for Hitler. They started tunneling in the Monsanto Mountains in New Mexico, and they have like hundreds of uh, deep underground military operations that are several levels deep. And they have right. laboratories there. Like my friend Emery Smith was working at one in uh, Kirkland uh, Air Force Base where they had many levels down and he was working with extraterrestrials and he was doing biological uh, specimens. So they have, you know, they have labs that nobody can see that's under, right. under the earth. Right. And what I've heard is that the people that they use to construct these, they, in other words, you only work on a certain section. In other words, there's nobody that ever sees Compartmentalized, everything. Compartmentalized, right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That this is how they kind of keep it. It's not that you that person has seen it from beginning to end. Nobody's ever seen the, the, the finished product or doesn't know what other what something else that's going on. And that they use this not only, let's say, for the labor or construction, but even among the scientists or people involved in any of these projects where – you just don't know everything or everybody that's involved in it. You might or they murder you team. like they did with Phil Snyder, you know, who was uh, he was a son of a Nazi U-boat captain who was a medical officer for the USS Eldridge. Um, you know, he, he came out publicly talking about the Dulcie base and everything. Mm -hmm. and, uh, they strangled him and said he committed suicide. I've heard that certain suicides suicided they, they yeah they, yeah they, they've been yeah. suicided i've also heard that plane crashes are sometimes used also as a cover to get rid of someone even including even if there's innocent passengers there you know if maybe they might just have targeted one person i guess i've, I've heard of that version too and like who's how can you how can you um contradict that you know, especially when you have medical personnel that will sign off on a death certificate, let's say for what you just described, you know, yes, this person was suicidal and they did whatever, whatever their form of suicide was. Yeah. Somebody that signs off on the death certificate and that's that. Like my fellow witness, uh, Mark McCandish, who, who was one of the witnesses, the 21 witnesses uh, okay. that disappeared behind me. <laughs> um, he, uh, he was going to testify at the Senate hearing. And okay. because, you know, he, the faster and light craft that we had back in 1950s, of course, that goes against the narrative that yes. the government's putting out that we don't have this type of technology. And right. he was, uh, com committed suicide, you know, just before being able to do that. And, uh, right. The timing is impeccable, right? Yeah. It was, uh, he drew out the, uh, it was called the alien reproduction vehicles. These craft that were built back in the 1950s using, you know, mercury and, uh, canceling the mass and these craft that was built back in the 1950s go faster than the speed of light. Okay. Uh, and so we supposedly don't have that technology. And, uh, Mike Tuber was an air force intelligence specialist. He came out and retracted his testimony that he gave two years prior that the Tic Tac that everybody knows about that got on the New right. York Times yes. back in 2017, it was actually uh, U.S. government technology. And he came out one week before Mark was you know, suicided right. and uh, said, oh, he made the whole thing up. There's nothing to it. I was just a psychological test. As though both of them got met with the people at the door and one agreed and the other one didn't. I was going to say, yeah, that's exactly what it sounds like. One got on with the program and the other one's like, no, 
it's like, okay, well, you know what that means. And yeah, it's sad because uh, the American public's been deceived for a long time. Of course. Of course. And, I don't know uh, if you're familiar with that movie, and, and I'm going to use Hollywood because a lot of times things come out in the form of fiction or movies and they turn out to be more accurate than we thought. It, I want to say the movie came out in the 90s. It was called Chain Reaction, and it's Keanu Reeves. And the, the premise of the right. movie is that they develop free electricity but with hydrogen power, basically. You know, free, free energy. Free energy. And, of course, the premise of the movie is that the, the inventor – wants to let go of this technology he's gonna he's gonna send it out all over the world and hmm. he gets killed that's you know that's the setup and when you look at it it's a, it's a really good movie i like the movie but then you're thinking man this is closer to truth than people oh, realize yeah, they, they put they put so much out in hollywood that's mm-hmm. mostly uh, a lot of truth mixed in with with some fiction you know like yeah. uh Stan Meyer who speaking of hydrogen was able to get patents and everything to uh, run automobiles on water, yes. you know, with hydrogen, and uh, he was poisoned. You know, I heard uh, about that, and it was like, and that's... and that's not only in the energy industry; it's also in the medical industry. You have many, oh. uh, many people who come out with cures and things, yes. uh, like Royal Raymond Rife, uh, and others. Uh, uh, and uh, actually, my mother was cured of cancer by. Uh, uh, Dr. Max Gerson, uh, his daughter ch- shared the story that he was strychnine poisoned, and then uh, he finally got his book out, A Cure for Cancer, and then he okay. got a heavier dose of strychnine poisoning. This time it killed him. An American Cancer Society published his death that he died of, you guessed it, cancer. <laughs> I know, it's ironic, isn't it? Let me, what. Yeah, and I want to I want to interject this because I've never realized till lately how many psychopaths are in the medical field. <laughs> okay, I oh. really it's been heartbreaking. Oh, the for me. whole it's system been, needs oh. to be taken down. All yes. the hospitals need to be retrofitted with new wondering. modalities of healing. In other words, yes. the energetic healing, yes. the holographic uh, medical technologies that can restore you know add hundreds of years onto your life. Yes, um, I mean, the, the, it, 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 it was like, I've been, I've been, and it, it's like, man, this is incredible. You know, I can understand, but this is, what, what is this? How did, how did these people recruit so many psychopaths for the medical field? What happened to the Hippocratic Oath for the love of Mike? You know, to me, it's like, I look at this and I'm like flabbergasted because, you know, you always hear some, some doctors have good bedside manners, bad bedside, and there's some that are jerks. And, you know, like you said, you know, you're always going to get your little mix of, you know, I'm God kind of uh, personality as doctors, you know, but it's become evidence. Like, how did we get all of these types of personalities? Hmm. Well, okay. you know, my great grandfather was the president of the Homeopathic Medical Society ah, back in okay. the early 1900s going up against Rockefeller, who okay. had you know, basically uh, with his money and everything, got the mm-hmm. all- allopathic, which is the pharmaceutical industry is the yes. allopathic medicine basically uh, doesn't really cure anything. It it uh, usually has toxic side effects to it. And so um, the, the whole natural energetic approach to healing and things doesn't yes. make a lot of money <laughs> you know right, carrot exactly. juice doesn't make a lot of money of you know that not. cured my of mother you know so um yeah we have realize. this 
Yeah, the AMA is all on, on board. Thank you, the AMA. The AMA yeah. has a stranglehold on everybody. Oh, my God. If you look back at the history of the medical system on the webmatrix.net, uh, I go into a history on a link called uh, Nazi Eugenics and, and Big Pharma. And it goes yes. back into the history of the medical industry and how it got corrupted. And you have to think about the CDC back in 1946 where they brought in... Uh, Oh, what was it? Sixteen or seventeen hundred Nazi doctors that were doing horrific things that brought them into the CDC. Right. Um, you know, you, you look at all these things that people don't know about in history. Uh, that brings us to today's world and may explain some of the reasons why things are the way they are. Right, because you always think of Dr. Mengele as that one out. You know, that one crazy, horrific, psychopathic. German doctor that was doing these horrible experiments right. and you never find out about what you're talking about. Yeah. There's more versions of him with different names that just history is kind of blipped over. And if you said their name now, you'd be like, and who's that supposed to be? And they were doing the same type of experimentation. Exactly. With humans. Exactly. Just, yeah. There's, uh, you know, some of the stuff that uh, Alan Dulles was doing with MK Ultra and all the stuff, the experiments they were doing on people and, and even with the U.S. Army, um, mm -hmm. on certain populations in the U.S. Um, people, you know, there would just be a, there'd be a, a huge uprising and there needs to be a, you well, know, a peaceful the, the, the uprising of, of well uh, you know what and this is the thing this. all these different it's not only the ama it's the um oh my god the one for the attorneys well you know it, every state has its own you know board that oversees the the attorneys all of them it, it, it's just the same version yeah, you of, lose your license unless you follow the agenda like, yeah uh, exactly it's not whatever your protocols. license might be it might be medical it might be legal it might be whatever you know pretty soon if you're a beautician and you got a license and you come to yeah you're gonna lose your beautician's license i mean that's the way it's going where uh you better be on board with the program or you, you inject not. them with the remdesivir or you lose your license right yes yes, yes. and it was I was watching this and I was like, that, hey, I got my little dog. Hey, Slim, cut it out. My audience knows that I have a lot of dogs, so they're always making weird noises. But when I was seeing this, I was like, I don't get this. You know, and, and before that, how's this? You know how there was always a big joke about all these uh a pharmaceutical commercials that when they do that disclaimer it's like who's the one's gonna want to take this you well, know it's, you just, Pfizer. Yeah. it's like anything anything that could happen to you as a constant the side effect is like why would i risk taking this drug are you crazy but yeah, it was yeah, like was almost like one, a fun one that says yeah you 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 vomit and heart attack and, other, <laughs> and it's and it ends it, it says it very quietly in the background da, 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 da. Yeah, a end. wise choice it ends with <laughs> you know? yeah, right and, and it's like wait, and after a while you you know you laugh at it. it's like a running joke like you know all these disclaimers that they put in these commercials it's like mm -hmm. oh it's gonna do this for you but by the way you know it's got this and this and this and this and like you know i think i'll just deal with whatever the illness is thanks but you know, but even then, I think, though, everybody in the last couple of years after, I want to say after 2019, everybody was like, what is going on with oh, this? Oh, yeah. I, I love what this one doctor says. If you want to live a long, healthy life, stay away from doctors and hospitals. Yes. And, you know, yes. Seek, yes. if you're lucky to have a, a, a good uh, natural 
naturopathic doctor, learn nutrition and, and so forth. And that's yes. so true. You know, it, you want to stay, the medical system has been corrupted yes. and from its onset. And so it needs to be dismantled and yes. replaced with energetic modalities that uh, our, our, um, off-planet friends are assisting right, well, something. Uh, and they've had this technology you know they have they haven't been able to bring it out to the public you know until first the uh what's called the deep state i guess you'd call right. it uh needs to be taken down and yes. these criminals nuremberg 2.0 uh mm-hmm. crimes against humanity need, they need to be taken out of operation then these things can be brought out that have been Right. Uh, well, the thing is, is like, scenes. how many? Let me ask you: Have you have you ever had tried a med bed yourself personally? No, uh, Elena has. Uh, okay. She had a horrific uh, situation, and uh, it cured her. Okay. My other friend uh, Jean Charles, he was in the Solar Warden program, uh, rescuing some people from uh, these reptilian operations, and uh, okay. he was attacked uh, by a, a black Draco, which uh, cut his body almost in half. I mean, okay. they had to bring him into one of these med beds that had crystals and different technologies, and it completely restored him back back again and okay uh my other friend tony rodriguez uh <laughs> he w- was an insectoid uh battle on mars that uh they chopped his uh, arm and his foot off and uh apparently what they do is they they make clones and so okay. these clones are like avatars that uh mm-hmm. they can transfer your soul consciousness into another body Right. Okay. So, uh, and that happens um, for some of these soldiers, where they get, you know, they invest a lot into these soldiers, and the like Randy Kramer, for example, um, he's been replaced many times, apparently. Right. Uh, and so. Uh, so in other yeah, words, this... it's not a question of repairing that actual body; it's transferring the consciousness to a different body. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris O'Connor, uh, wonderful. Uh, person who sent me a, a Deems device, a healing device. Um, he was involved in transferring consciousness into one body into another, and also they can age regress and they can age progress your body. So the okay. the technology that they have is just um, uh, beyond uh, most science fiction. Let me ask you: Do you think? Because I kind of see also a drive where uh, creating humans is taken out of the natural, as in the womb of a woman. You know, I see this this uh, aim of like basically growing a human in a pod kind of deal. Well, yeah, the the Gray's been doing that. You know, when the the Nebu for their um, uh, uh, hybrid program, where mm-hmm. they uh, they would, you know. Uh, take it out of the woman you know after they right. abduct her and then they, they would grow it in a a lot of that was going on in the uh, delcy base and these beings are um you know they're 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 hybrids right so basically they're well i guess 
that means then they're genetically compatible with us, in other words, because otherwise. Yeah, I, I'm not the best to talk on, on that subject, but uh, they, uh, it, it's kind of like they wanted to infiltrate into our planet and take it over, but they couldn't uh -huh. do it directly. And right. so they actually had to modify the prime directive in order to address this indirect okay. method of uh, infiltration into our planet. Okay. Okay. Because, you know, you, you go, I've heard one, I've heard that version. I've heard the version that their interests with us in our genetic material is because theirs is so poor or non-existent that they're facing extinction. So that's what their attraction. Oh is yeah. To that, that was the, that was their, their front story that they put up, but their, okay. their, it was a nefarious, uh, they weren't. They didn't have humanity's best interest in mind. Okay, okay. In other words, well, you know, whichever way you look at it, though, we're being used. <laughs> you know, whether whatever the the their ultimate aim is. So, do you think that? Because um, I know that everybody thinks of that. You know, collectively, uh, once people become aware, the power of our collective collective consciousness can oh, yeah, yeah. produce certain results or manif or make certain things manifest. Oh, oh, um, yeah, and that's what I've been doing with. Uh, Denhan uh, Redion, uh, Thorhan's uh, younger brother, who has advanced knowledge, is even, even uh, if you go to marcelvogel.org, I have all okay. the notes, uh, like over 60 some pages of exchanges with him. And uh, what Elena and I did was uh, took the crystals that were specially cut, and we had uh, hundreds of people online, and we did okay. a a positive vision for the positive timeline on earth, you know, seeing the earth, you know, seeing the criminals taken care of and technologies mm -hmm. released and a beautiful world, you know, of, of form and everybody pulsed their breath. Marcel discovered this, that you get this, the more of an impact of the, of your conscious thought into the crystal, but okay. like, like you sneeze. <laughs> like that mm -hmm. um everybody did that with a crystal and we spiked the schumann resonance when we did that because you know it's it's known that um the square root of one percent of the population there's eight billion people on the planet right. and that's less than nine thousand people have right. a uh beginning kindling effect on the collective consciousness of the entire planet and so wow. when you're using a crystal it's like a amplification of that okay that is wow that's incredible and that's what i'm talking about like what is you know what point do we reach that you know that that everything starts to shift you know the, oh, the... We, we have they, they've been trying to hide this power you know back in 1957 professor heinz eisnick of the university of london there was hundreds of universities and, and scientists were, they were taking out out of the books and things, the mm -hmm. powers of human consciousness to affect right. reality. And so, um, yeah, we have this incredible power because we're a fractal of source, mm -hmm. uh, otherwise known as God. <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. Uh, that uh, each one of us affects the collective mind because, you know, any part of a, of a hologram, if you change it it affects yes. all parts of the hologram so we're all inner inner related in that way so and when you 
Denhan was able to show me a way using a function generator with special silver electrodes and a specific frequency that uh, opened up a phase conjunction node, which opened up a vortex within the crystal that allows the consciousness to imprint into the holographic uh, planetary matrix. And um, this is what the device looks like. Okay. Like okay. this. Um, and it's hooked on to a, to a generator. And okay. Marcel didn't know this. <laughs> this is something okay. he would have loved to known. But uh, the two vortices that happen within the crystal, they, they meet. And if you stimulate the piezoelectric, it opens up a wormhole of to link into the singularity. And when you okay. link into the singularity, you have more of an effect into the, um, into the entire matrix. So you remember when 2007, when the secret came out, that uh, movie where it was oh, like, right, right, right. Yeah. And you know, course. and I know, I mean, I know that that was painting the idea in broad strokes. And it was like, oh, that's, that's so corny. You know, you're going to sit there. You're going to wish for a new car and poop. And it's like, no. But the idea behind it is pretty much spot on as far as the power of what oh, yeah, our minds yeah. and manifestation, you know. Uh, you know, as, as Jenhan said, you know, that dissonance cannot attune to an ordered state of geometrical resonance. In other words, mm -hmm. uh, Dr. Emoto, I was shown in the movie, you know, um, um, that you just mentioned. The secret. The secret. <laughs> it's the secret. The secret. Um, that uh, thoughts of love, gratitude, yes. you know, appreciation form these beautiful crystals because right on the water, water when, he, when they experimented with water water like quartz are based on the same fractal yes. holographic formula as as love is as which is more complex formula but they're all interrelate and are interdimensional bridges and water you know which is hexagonal is like quartz yes uh when you put in hatred and jealousy yes. and so forth, it makes these distorted patterns and it won't crystallize into the hexagonal matrix, uh, just like Jen Han was saying, uh, the dissonance, which is hatred uh, right. or fear versus mm -hmm. love and, and gratitude uh, resonates. And that's why when you're working with crystals and things like that, when you work with love, uh, love also gets into the higher gamma frequencies of the brainwave. You're able to transcend into the higher, um, it, it's able to convey the information without dissonance when it's a, a loving thought, like the, the good of yes. all humanity, for example. Exactly. And this is what, that's the, that's the 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 X factor that I think they want us to overlook. They they want to make us very materialistic, and um, if it's not immediately quantifiable, as in you can reproduce it in a laboratory or model, oh, it's like oh that's so kooky, you know, whatever. And it's like no, yeah, it does. You know, there is that power that we humans have, either solitary or God. Can you imagine when it's multiplied by a, a certain amount of humans? And oh, like yeah. I said, if we did not have that ability, they wouldn't bother trying to restrict our thoughts. But they'd be like, who cares? It's from the moment 
that they try to restrict how we think, what we think, it's because we do have that power, that innate ability with our minds and the direction of things and what gets manifested here, either either because it already exists, but you want to bring it into a certain location, or it actually manifests here where we're at on this plane or in this dimension or however, you know. But Thank yes. The power of Hollywood, of movies, Ooh, of millions of people watching things that are um, – fearful or you know doing human hurting other humans or killing other humans and torturing and you know all the different imagery that is put out and projected to millions of television sets or movie theaters or whatever uh it uh it affects the collective mind because collectively we create reality yes and fear is very powerful Fear is very yeah, powerful. It's but very powerful it's not emotion. as powerful as as love. love. Yeah, but you know what? When you use when you bang people over the head with fear, fear, fear all the time, people it's like it's like that. In other words, you're it it's 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 a good it's a weapon. It's a very useful weapon against us, is what I'm saying, because we we kind of like at least if you have a, a good uh, sur- uh, instinct to survive, physically and or mentally. You, you know, you get startled. And like you said, if you, if you control all these outlets of information or perception, whether you said whether it's the movie or the media, you know, us as humans, we're looking at this and we're going, what? You know, things like that. And then instead of having this occasional situation of fear, which is what I think of the problem is, we start living in a constant state of fear. That, that's how different. people are controllable. Yes. If everybody's in a state of fear, they're controllable. Yeah. Yes. We, and what it does is um how can i say it it puts us in a state of anxiety that systemic existence inside of fear just at different levels just tune it up or down but it's always like okay now what yeah i think and and at the same time of course it distracts us away from perceiving the really important stuff because we're all caught up with all these when it comes right down to unimportant but it's magnified to look like wow yeah look at the fear that was put out uh things we can't talk about, of course, you know, that was put out, uh, you know, on the television about, you know, giving medical advice. Oh, yes. Horrific thing that's going on. And then everybody should be scared and wearing their napkins, you know. Well, you know what? It's like, I I bet, because I think I did it. I think everybody at the very beginning, we thought of all the, you know, the movies, dystopian future movies that we thought, oh, my God, you know, (laughs) everybody, that kind of... uh, uh, basically movie ran through people's heads like is that what that this is going to be oh and all the predictive programming you know yeah. the movies that they put out that oh uh, yes yeah, yes it was it right. was quite and, and and at the beginning i think like you said I, I don't fault us as humans we were like okay well this sounds really serious boy okay and then you're thinking man i saw something like this in the movie where and yeah. it, so it was all downhill from here and then of course it turned out to be something totally different <laughs> quite different and this is this i think that that what i call the industry of fear there's yeah, not only lot, is it manipulative there's a lot of money to be made and i want to say that sometimes that's a driving force oh yeah 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 if you're with the agenda you'll get rich you know if you're not yes. you'll get fired and that's yes. the way the system has been operating for some time yes, but, more than what people realize but you know uh truth has the ability to resonate yes and yes, um I my 
personal observation of what's going on right now is very, very positive. Yes. Uh, and I believe, uh, you know, things are mo are going to be, more is going to get revealed and yes. the world will transform into a, into a beautiful feature. Uh, Elena was able to go on board a, uh, a craft, a Metaton ship, and was able a time-looking device and look only 20 years in our future. Mm -hmm. And the Earth was beautiful. It was a, things were things were very good. <laughs> well, no, so I just 20 years in the future. There's a mindset where they, they say humans are bad for the Earth. In other words, that the Earth is, as in the Earth and the plants and the animals are better off without humans and i'm like i beg to differ we're earthlings okay we're meant to be here yeah we're part of the earth okay contrary to what they make us believe yeah i know we've done sometimes maybe horrible things with the environment maybe because we didn't know better but it's not us that's been doing it think right. about but it we're yeah. like you know but that's that's the way we're you know they're they're telling us you know bad oh they, they bad turn human. everything around and blame it on us you know right and we're like we've oh, been I didn't manipulated mean to do that. And it's like, and you know what the answer to this is? The earth is better off without humans. And it's like, no. Yeah, you know, they've been and I'm sure you've seen there's a long time. <laughs> yeah, so hopefully. Anyway, Dan, thank you so much. It has been wonderful to speak to you for my podcast listeners. What is the website where they oh, could um, see material? My, not professional site. It's just my online notes because that mm -hmm. media company wanted me to write article was um, the web matrix.net that has to do with the disclosure and extraterrestrial and everything um and as far as the, the the crystal research that i did back in the 80s with uh dr marcel vogel and also with uh uh my friend elena denan who's provided the link because she has this quantum communication uh device implant that uh is able to share this information with jen han redion that's a marcelvogel.org i did a site in his honor uh to okay. perpetuate his his work so uh between those two sites uh, you have to dig you know but you can okay. find uh um find uh different pieces of information and you know it's like things are changing and happening so fast i have so much updating to do i was just looking right. at my secret space program page and there's so many witnesses that have come out since yes. I started the page that I haven't done good service to by adding them yet. Mm -hmm. uh, so I can't, I, it's, things are happening so rapidly. I've just kind of like, the only things I'm updating lately is just the um, crystal technology as we're, we're going ongoing communications with uh, Jen Han as he is giving us more insights on how to use this crystal technology from their knowledge, which is thousands okay. of years in advance from us. Right. And, and I've seen it. You have a wealth of material on there, on your website. I was looking at that. Like you said, that timeline that you have, that's great. The information on there is fantastic. Yeah. Again, it has references and, yeah, you know, everybody yeah, no, do your own a, a chronological order as to how we've gotten to where we're at right now. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It, it doesn't, nothing makes any sense. All of a sudden, everything makes perfect sense when you understand the history that has yes. brought us to today. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Again, Dan, thank you so much. It has been yeah. absolutely wonderful. 
And I hope my, you're going to come back and we can keep on talking about the subject, which I find is fascinating. My pleasure. Good to good to have a in-depth discussion with you. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Let's hope for the best because I know we have a good future. I believe in us humans. I'm a humanist, not a transhumanist, a humanist. I believe in the goodness of human beings. So Me too. Take care. Bye-bye. Mm, Bye-bye. Wow. Let me tell you. Oh, and by the way, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put my two cents worth in with a chicken thing that people say, well, I think my secret weapon also is that I have a radio out there. I have like a little covered barbecue area where my chickens, they piddle around under it. And I have, I have some feed in the water, but close by. And the, the radio station, an FM radio station I have is like one of these oldies, 70s, 80s, 90s pop music. And I turn it on in the morning. And, you know, in the evening, I turn it off. And I think that has something to do with my uh, with my egg production. Because, you know, going to what Dan was talking about, where the uh, Japanese doctor did the experiment with, uh, with the water as far as the, the intent or where you want to put it, you know, with love or goodness or good thoughts and things like that. I, I, you know, same thing, you know, music. Doesn't, yeah, I mean, I know everybody says, well, you know, music like Mozart and Beethoven and Bach and all that. That's great. But even for chickens, I think uh, my chickens put a lot more eggs because they're enjoying this bubblegum music from 70s, 80s and 90s. Because it's one of the few stations that I can get a really good reception on way out here where I'm at. Uh, and on radio, it's one of those little, I, I dug it up as one of those little uh, radio CD little things and I got it hung up on a peg. And it's one of the few stations that I can get with a clear reception. And that's what it is. And all my all my chickens see me in the morning, turn it on, and they cluck and they come around there, like I said. And I think that has had some type of contribution to it. And, you know, a, a lot of the things that we were talking about, uh, you know, to some people might think, way, that's way out there. Or you know, or tinfoil or cuckoo or whatever. God, there's a lot of different adjectives. And I think once upon a time, I myself would have been one of those that said, hey, that's, that's weird. That's, those people are weird. Where, they, where did they come up with this stuff? I've always been a very open-minded kind of person, but even then, even if I would have kept an open mind, I'd be like, yeah, that stuff does, that's really, and you know what? But at the same time, I always said, you know, you cannot be inflexible when it comes to new ideas or new disclosures. At the very least, you have to take a look at them and examine them and say, this, okay, this sounds kooky, but is it really? Or you know, whatever. And going based on that, as time has gone by, especially in the last few years, but, you know, again, I'm going to bring up, when you've had the benefit of having lived the last at least more than 40 years because there's been so much technological advances that you see okay before during and after certain things that you have a comparison to it and you could say you know what th th this this is not right or this doesn't make sense or why is this being handled this way or why are you being treated this way and then, like I, like I was telling him, you know, and he's absolutely right. Once upon a time, there was three main channels. 
uh, that everybody watched. And there was these sacrosanct, uh, how can I say, the reporters like Walter Cronkite and uh, who was this Brinkley and all these people that they were like, whatever they said, well, there's got to be the truth. Like, no questions asked. And that was it. And it's not like now. It's not like now where you have all these different sources. Okay. Besides the the the, the mainstream, but th- th- there's a gazillion million now reporters out there. And, uh, you know, maybe they're in, in the, in the scheme of things, you might think, oh, they're minor players, but the, that that grip that these three major networks had as far as the arbiters of information have been totally diluted, totally. And I think that that's what's an enabled this crack to open up where people, some people know never, and but mo- more people, even like he said, the normies as normies have started to hear or witness or, and, and it's like, man, it, it, yeah, they sound kooky, but not really. Wait a minute. That makes sense. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Or things that we've witnessed. And it's like, what's going on here? And as uncomfortable as it makes us feel or or that it's going to wobble our existence or the way we live our lives, especially if we're happy with our lives, you know, for better or worse or whatever, that it's like, man, I cannot ignore this. I cannot stick my head in the sand and make believe that this is just a kooky theory somebody's come up with, you know? I can't do that because there's just too much evidence or something at the very least that I have to question. I need to get more information on this because this there's something here that does not add up. And I think more and more people are coming around to that uh, because, yes, I do believe there's a lot of psychopaths in very important positions. But I think the bulk of humanity, okay, are not psychopathic or sociopathic, have a very decent uh, instinct for survival for themselves and for their children, their families. And they're like, not on board with this. All right. They are not on board with this. They are like, wait a minute. And the ultimate goal that you see described that once upon a time would have been the storyline on a dystopian science fiction film or book to some people is like, man, that's once upon a time, I would have seen this 30 years ago. I would have said, man, what a great movie. That was really interesting. And now we see it and it's like, that's not that far-fetched. That's a, within the realm of possibility. I wouldn't want that future. I don't want to live in that future. I don't want to leave that future for my family, for my city, my country, my the world. Uh, no. And I think a lot of people for once are putting, you know, digging their heels in and going, uh, no, 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 slow it, slow, slow it down. Hold on, hold on. And what happens is that when you get a, a, a group of people saying, no, wait, hold it you know, either physically or literally, figuratively in their heads in the way they think or accept things, then then you get that force behind it that's been pushing all along now, step it up because it's like, no, you can't. You're not going to dig your heels in. You're not going to stop because we need you to go in this direction where we've been trying to take you maybe for decades. So, and I think that that's what's happened, that people are digging in their heels or stopping at the very least. And that force that has been pushing us along that we kind of thought, nah, there's nothing because we're, you know, if, if, if you're being pushed along and you're going in the right direction, you really don't need to be pushed. You're being guided and you might not even feel it. It's when you stop, then you realize you've been being guided and pushed and uh, shoved. And I think that's where we're at sometimes where people are like, what's with a shoving? <laughs> Wait. And a lot of persons from the moment that they realize that they're getting shoved is like, okay, you know what? 
now I don't know really what's going on, but just because you're shoving me, I'm not going to go. I'm not going to move forward because why are you doing that? And I think that that's happening to a lot of people where it's that you can't force me to think or feel that way and just expect me to accept it because you say so, as in you, as the collective, whatever the you is, um, just because of that, right? Um, and it makes most people get suspicious, all right? Most people get suspicious when things like that happen. Sometimes suspicions are founded and sometimes they're not, but at the very least, uh, um, when something, when you feel like you're being driven into a certain type of behavior, and maybe before at some point you were being, you know, kind of like uh, romanced into that behavior. And when I mean romanced, I don't mean like in the romantic love, love, romanced as in everything is beautiful and sweet, and we're going to make you feel like this is wonderful and come this way, and this and that. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, this is great. I love it. And then all of a sudden you realize, boy, I was being taken for a ride. Nah. You know, and I'm going to give you, for instance, this right here called the phone, the phone. You see, I remember an existence when this didn't exist. I mean, yeah, you had one in the wall, a landline. That was it. And unless and then when this came out, unless you were like a very important person or a doctor that you could afford to have one of those whatever things installed. But let's say life did not exist. I remember when there was just things as beepers, you know, there was this instant access to people was not there. Right. And when all these, te- all these technological advances came along, of course, everything was presented as the advance, the advantages of it, the advantages, the, uh, uh, the benefits, you know, you can, you can be found, you can call for help. Uh, of course, that's the biggest one, you know, call for help. You know, yeah, of course you can look everything on here because basically this thing is like a mini computer. But mostly what sold it was, you know, you can call uh, or somebody can call you that needs help or vice versa or anything, right? And then little by little, landlines went the way of the dodo. And, you know, well, first to start with the beepers. How's this? Let's let's go back a little bit. First, it was the answering machines in the house. If you look, watch these 80s movies, you'll see them. Then you came, came the pagers. And before it was just uh, doctors had pagers. And then before you knew it, you had pagers, which, of course, and this is when payphones still were around. All right. And then payphones were making a lot of money because, man, when that page came in, you know, you would call. But basically, it was drawing this lasso around your getting a hold of you and then of course the phones came out and little by little it became more affordable and more mainstream and uh the general public in other words could have one and of course you were sold as in you know you need to have this and then came the you know you really should get your teenager one of these because in an emergency they can call you they can you know whatever whatever they have one of these you can save them if they need to call mom or dad. So it was like, you know, once upon a time, kids and teenagers were even restricted from landline use. Like, hey, you know, you can't phone, get phone calls in here after nine o'clock or 10 o'clock. Those were house rules like that. And by the early into the 2000s, it was like, hey, your kid. And that age that they should get one of these started becoming shorter and shorter. First, it was your teenager. 
so they could get a hold of you in case of an emergency or vice versa, something happens. And then in some cases, people were saying, well, you know what, you could use it also, um, the GPS ability, you know, you, you know, you have a younger child and you could restrict the with parental controls and this and that. And my point is that from the beginning, it's always been sold as in the benefits of the benefits, the benefits, the benefits, the benefits. And let's not look at the disadvantages to it. Nobody wants to talk about that, which is you're accessible 24 seven. You can be tracked. And, you know, for people like us, the normies who's like, who live very boring vanilla lives, it's like, eh, but it is, it's not right. It's like, why would you want to know where I'm going, what I'm doing, what my shopping, where I go shopping, where I went out to shop? It's like, wait a minute, that kind of thing. And we don't like to think about it, but at the same time, it kind of, there's, there's, in other words, nobody, um, you know how they say that nobody does this the solid as in accessibility of this nature, unless there's a big benefit for them on the other end. We were always thinking that it was our benefit, that we were the ones that were winning in that equation. And it's not. They just made it seem that way. And it's not. Because if we were, we would have been told at the inception of this type of technology, oh, uh, guess what? Eventually, we're going to tie to, this is going to tie you into that. We know where you're at, what you're doing, what you're looking up, you, we might even tie in the, the the your banking or your money, or we know where you spend your money on, what you buy, what you do, where you go, who you talk with, what you say, and blah, 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 blah. and there's not going to be nothing really that we don't know about you. People would have said, "What? Hell no, man! I don't need that. Forget it." <laughs> I'm telling you, I, I guarantee you this, or this, or, or or it would never have gotten beyond a flip phone. Like, Hey, let me, you know, the original little phones where all you could do was basically call somebody and say, Hey, yeah, you okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. I got a flat. Come and get me. That was it. That would have been, and would have gone any further than that. If people would have realized what came with this. And let me tell you something. I, this, this, I understand. I've been alive for the before the during and the after. Well, the after is like the exist, the, what it is. God knows where this is going. It's scary. It's scary because you have to be blind not to see. And then we always want to think that the people that are in charge of this technology would never betray humankind. And I think we're finding that that's not always the case. As a matter of fact, that's never the case. And, and, and it's a very daunting thing. I think that most normal human beings with a conscience and a moral compass find that, that idea hard to fathom, to understand. That kind of man, that level of manipulation, we, we we just can't like. Sometimes we have a hard time digesting it because that's like it's almost foreign to us. How's that? And it's and it's one of those things where it you know our innocence has to be stripped away if we want to survive. And it's a hard thing because hopefully you know you never want to go there, but yeah. I mean, this is this is one of those things, and along with all the other technological advances, not some of them are very good and important, but there's a lot of them that have been, how can I say, gift wrapped in such a way that it's presented as in for our benefit or children's benefit or the future generations or for your comfort, for blah 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 blah, blah. and we're like, yeah, oh, okay, yeah, sure, and that's why we're going to either give it to you free or for hardly anything 
something you can afford or just something about just everybody can afford. Believe me, I remember once upon a time, we had to get a credit check to get a phone. Okay. You had to get like, in other words, you couldn't just go into a phone store and get a phone. They would do, you know, run your credit in order to see if they could open an account for you. That one, (laughs) that went down quick. Nowadays, you could just, you can even go to to any of the uh, Walmart or whatever and buy one of those pay-as-you-go phones, one of the, what they call those burner phones. Once upon a time, you had to run a credit check to get a phone. And I guess they realized, man, we can't do that. That's leaving out a swath of humanity, you know, that, that their credit isn't going to pass muster. And they're not going to get a phone. No, 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 no. We got to get this into everybody's hands. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. There you go for your dose of conspiracy theories. Conspiracy doesn't mean they're not true. So anyway, guys, I hope you like this show with Dan. I, I've i gone on his site. He has this great setup chronologically of events that bring us to where we're at now. Really interesting information. Um, and I urge you to go on. I'm going to have the link to the credit to the show, but go and visit it. Also, don't forget to sign up uh, for my Substack newsletter. Like I said, I have all the information there. Uh, new recordings, old recordings, articles, book releases, you name it. And again, if you want to listen to any of the podcast versions of any of the shows, whether it's Stories of the Supernatural, Nightshade Diary, Supernatural Storytime, I have all the shows, all the MP3 files dating from the first one that you can listen to on your browser or download the MP3 file. The advantage to that of going to MiamiGhostChronicles.com or NightshadeDiary.com or uh, uh, supernaturalstorytime.com is that I don't have commercial interruptions. You know, you can listen to all of this without the advertising coming on. So if you want to uh, go on there in that way, or if not, like I said, I have links. You can find me on, you know, iTunes, iHeartRadios, uh, Spreaker, Spotify, all the major podcast platforms. You're going to find me on there as well. So again, until next time, I have a lot of great guests coming on. This year, I am going to do my Mardi Gras live stream. And I will be seeing you guys soon. Till then, take care.